All right, everybody. Welcome back to the 307 podcast. Welcome to the conversation. You gonna turkey We're happy hunt? to have you. You gonna turkey hunt with your bow this year? Yeah, I think I'm actually gonna exclusively turkey hunt with a bow this year. The same as you did last year? <laughs> <laughs> well, last year I would. I went. I, I had. I think I had fifty percent last year. I think I only went turkey hunting twice, and one of the times I carried a bow, <laughs> shot and missed squirrels. And <laughs> well, I'm I'm excited about that new bow I got. If it would ever stop raining, I'd get out and shoot it. I got my range set up yesterday. You know that if you look out the kitchen window, that long lane. Mm-hmm. I'm. I got my targets all the way down there at the end of that long lane. Dang. So we can, I don't know, probably get a 80, maybe a 100-yard shot. Yeah, I'd think at least a 100, especially if you was at the corner of the house. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, HHA sent me all those accessories. Mm-hmm. Thank you, HHA. I know you listen to the podcast. Do they? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, that new site they got, I told you a little bit about how it worked, and I ain't got it all figured out, but you just um, you put that sight tape. Once you get it sighted in at 20 and 60, then you put the tape on, then your bow is dialed in all the way out to 100 yards. Mm-hmm. And that's my plan. To- Son, you might have to get you a darn <sighs> magnifier on there like you was talking about. Yeah. You shoot 100. You're never going to take a 100-yard shot in the woods here where we live, uh, you know, that's just the reality of it with a with a bow because it's so dense but it i think it would be good to practice at 100 yards if you could get good shooting there yeah then that that 20 yard or that 10 yard shot i'd say most of the things i've ever most of the animals i've ever killed with a bow have been it's easy i can easily say within 20 inside of 20 yards yeah. Most of them have been at about 10 yards. Yeah. Um, and that screws me when I'm rifle hunting because when I go out and look for a spot to hunt, I'm so bow hunting minded, I'm always setting up right on top of the yeah. animals. And I got a rifle, I'm like, well, heck, now I got this deer or whatever right underneath me. I didn't have to set up here. I could have set up on the other daggone hillside over there and shot this thing from a long ways off and been a lot more comfortable. Yeah. But I do love bow hunting. I got uh, that, I got, I think, I forget the title of that book. Cameron Haynes, is that my book right there? Cameron Haynes hit me up on Instagram and told me about this book because I want to take a western hunt for elk. And um, he said, let me send you this book. And I just went to his website and bought it. <clears throat> but I'm looking forward to reading it. And just, I've got a lot to learn in terms of Western hunting. Yeah. Because it's just a different ball game. Yeah. Than a whole it, different everything. Yeah. The environment. I mean, even backpacking out there is different than being out here. Yeah, exactly. I tell you, it seems, I tell you, it seems like the biggest pain in the butt is figuring out how to get a freaking tag yeah i mean it this you go online and try to look and it's like a dang racket well leave it up to uh anything government right 
Man, I'm telling you, it ain't cheap either. No out-of-state <laughs> license and tag and everything. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it depends on the state. But anyways, yeah, if it'll ever quit raining, I'm going to get out and get that thing dialed in and hopefully get a turkey with it this year. Good Lord, we got 7,000 acres across the road. Yeah. That's bow only. I guess got to be jam-packed with turkeys. Yeah, you would think so, and you wouldn't think it would have a whole lot of pressure. Not many folks bow hunt for turkeys. If no. they do, they, I mean, probably got a crossbow or something. Yeah, not these freaking rednecks around here. They ain't going to bow hunt for no turkey. No, I'm about <laughs> right there with them. <laughs> it will be tough. Yeah, it will. What's the let off on that Hoyt? Man, I don't Just know. like normal? When you're as strong as me, it don't matter. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see when you're holding that thing back for about two minutes. <laughs> you're shaking over there like a leaf on a tree. I think all bows now are pretty standard, like 80% let off or right. something. I think it's pretty standard now. I've been out of archery for a long time. It's one of my it's one of my favorite things to do when I actually make time to do it. Yeah, I got out here and shot last week sometime, and it was it was enjoyable. Yeah. Got to get back to the things that you enjoy. Yeah. You just got to make time to do it. And even if you don't hunt, archery is a, a really fun activity slash discipline for you to get out, get things off your mind, focus on, you know, very specific details of what mm -hmm. you're doing because for you to send that arrow in the exact spot you want it to go, there's a lot of pieces to that. Mm -hmm. You know, everything from, you know, the way you're, you draw your bow, your sight alignment, your peep sight, your trigger pull on your release, your follow through with the shot. I mean, anchor point. Yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of pieces to it. So um, I highly, highly recommend it. And one day in the future, maybe we'll host a 3D archery tournament. Uh, I'd really be interested in doing that. And I talked to Terry down at uh, our local archery shop. And he's also interested in it. I think that'd be a lot of fun, man. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'd be a good time. Yeah. We used to have a lot of fun as kids doing them. Yeah. Yep. We did. That's a that's a blast. But anyways, I guess I want to talk, to, talk about kind of two topics today this is just a comms check with you guys uh we've been doing quite a few interviews here lately and we got quite a few coming up we got quite a few on the books so uh i guess the first thing the kind of the word that has been really running through my mind right now is the word relentless and i made a post about it just yesterday oppressively constant oppressively constant incessant that is what relentless is and i think for me i can't say that i value relentlessness above all else in terms of a character trait but it is definitely high 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 up on the list when i look at people around me that have been successful uh in terms of what they wanted to do, not in terms of society, but people who have achieved what they wanted to achieve, whether it's the guy in the video that I posted, Greg Armstrong, 
um, whether it's my friend Jesse Itzler or or Andy Frasilla, you know, business guys, um, whether it is somebody that wants to to be a really good hunter, um, anybody that has achieved that goal to be whatever it is they decided they wanted to pursue or, or to be in life, they all share the characteristic of being relentless. And I want to remind you guys, maybe not, maybe you don't know this. So for for some of you, it might not be a reminder. Why is it so important to be just relentless, incessantly consistent, constant, um, oppressively almost? It's because this has been my experience in life and most especially in business. Things constantly go up and down it, take the podcast for instance if i could show you the graph of our podcast from day one it 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 literally looks like waves and it's a it's really a great projection of of how uh kind of life is or entrepreneurship is or ultra running is, whatever it is, right? Things go up, they hit a high point, and then they take a dip, right? Well, the dip is where that relentlessness comes through because the dip, when most people see that things kind of tapering off or they progress starts to become slower or growth starts to slow down, right? Instead of being relentless and allowing that kind of slow down to drive innovation and creation and growth right to for it to drive that instead they say they freak out man they're like oh why are, why is why is why are the numbers going down why are why is my you know why is my business kind of tapering off a little bit here and they freak out right well if you're relentless and you say okay well we need to do something now to to tick this thing back up, what can we create? What can we do? Um, you know, in what ways can we engage and be innovative? And you do that so that dip creates and drives the innovation, and then it goes back up. And when it goes back up, it goes up just a little higher than the peak that you had last time, mm -hmm. right? But without a doubt, it never fails. It's going to drop taper right back off. Yeah. Right, and when it drops off, it's not not always going to go quite as low as that first dip, but it it may go that low again. Mm -hmm. And then every time this graph on the podcast is so cool to look at because every time it goes up and peaks, it's just a little higher than the peak that was before it. Yeah, and I just think that it's it's such a common trait amongst all people. And when I say all people, I'm talking about very few people that I know in my life that are successful in their, you know, on their terms. Mm -hmm. I don't know many people. I mean, I, I don't call many people um, out as being standing apart yeah. or really standing out, right? So I'm talking about the five or six people that I've met in my life that I would, I would credit them with being a really just um 
different. I hate using the word successful, but but almost being a spectacular uh, human in terms of achievement in whatever their lane is. They all share that characteristic of being relentless through the dips and also on the top, right? Mm-hmm. They're still relentless when they're when they're when things are going well. They don't get relaxed. They don't get complacent. They don't think, well, this is it. I'm yeah. just going to be able to ride this out. You're never, you are never going to have the opportunity, especially in business, to just ride something out. You are either pushing forward, developing, becoming better, becoming more innovative, or you are going backwards. You're never going to hit a point to where you're like, okay, I'm comfortable with this. I'm comfortable with the money that's coming in, um, with the workload, whatever it is. This is where I'm comfortable at. I don't need any more. If you decide that you're just going to hang out there because you're happy with that, you are essentially backing up yeah. at that moment, right? Because what happens is other people that are doing the same thing that you're doing, or in the same industry that you're in, they're still pushing. And the fact that they're still pushing forward, that's what's backing you up. Yeah, it makes you ir- irrelevant. That's right. When when you don't yeah, you don't drive innovation. But I think somewhere in there a key to being relentless is to not not live in those emotions of the highs and the lows when you're going through life because then it then you are on a roller coaster. But but if you look at that wave of general uptick, you could draw a straight line through the middle of those waves and and you could have a gradual increase over time without going through the the really highs and the lows, right? So there is a straight line, a constant line through those and I think in life that's where you got to live is I, I was just thinking about this the other day there's extremes to everything that you encounter you, you know there's extremely wrong and then there's what might seem like extremely right and then usually life and the answer lies somewhere in the middle in the gray and I I mean I know you you like black and white but a lot of times the answer and life not in life and life is in the gray is is living in that that middle area and i think that's a good representation of the podcast because those waves that you see gradually upticking if you can if you cannot live on the highs or in the lows like feel that emotion right that's that's what i'm saying because you get up high and you're like yeah man this is awesome i love it and and you got all these good feelings and then it tanks and then you're like oh man this sucks and then you're like oh this is awesome and you can only go fluctuate back and forth like that so many times and you're gonna at least me and you're gonna be like this i'm over this i need some kind of consistency that's Mm -hmm. how i am Mm -hmm. and so i try to not really celebrate the highs and not really wallow in the lows but somewhere in between yeah you're i I agree with you on that i think you need to i think you need to capitalize on the highs, right? Yeah. Maximize the potential that's there because that high is just going to be a short moment. So relatively short. I mean, a high can last uh, if you're on a high. For us, for me personally, it's like when I win a big race. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a that's six months or so um, that 
you you know you have to when you're when you're on when we're on that yeah. at, on that peak right say right after I win a race and and we know we've got you know three to, three to six months where we've got uh, some pe- momentum. we've got some momentum right people people are attracted to that and you're actually working harder yeah. <laughs> sometimes there because you're like okay I got this short time span. I have to capitalize on this because I know that dip's coming. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, I even look at it in terms, and, and where I can relate to you is in terms of this documentary that is being produced right now. So we have a we have a two-time Emmy, Emmy award-winning filmmaker that is producing a documentary that is, I mean, I've just seen clips of it, and it's literally the best piece of content that I've ever seen in my life. And it's about the race that we did last year at mid state mile winning there. And, um, it's just unbelievable. I mean, it it has this thing and they're coming out here in about a week or two to show us they've got about, I think 50 minutes of it completely finished. So they want to show us nice, you know, so they're, they're like 90 something percent done with it. And, uh, this thing has the potential to just change the landscape of, I don't know about our lives, but what we're able to do because of the reach. That's mm-hmm. right. Um, and I think it has the, the, the power. It's that good. I mean, it has, and it's not that good because of me. It's that good because of the guys that are working on it. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys are just, they're unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, the producer and the filmmaker and the editor, and um, I think it has the the power to really change the landscape in terms of ultra running. I mean, mm-hmm. I think it has that much reach behind it, just because it is that that well done. But you know, when this thing comes out, I know it's going to be like everything else. You you might get a six month to a year window there, yeah. where you know. We, we have to we have to capitalize on that we have to put the work in we have to be ready for that mm-hmm. um you know that's one reason that I've been hesitant to plan a bunch of uh a bunch of training evolutions this fall and winter because I think that's around the time that that that's probably gonna release mm-hmm. but you know I don't I don't really think about it from day to day. I, it's it's I know the potential that's there, mm-hmm. and like I showed the the clip to David the other day, and and David's a filmmaker too, and he just he almost fell off his seat. Yeah, he made me replay it three times. Well, when we told him about it, he was like, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, you might can do something with it. But I remember the next day after he had saw it, he thought I didn't realize what you guys were actually had. Yeah. Yeah, we told him these guys came out and did a documentary, and he just thought it was some guy following us around with a camera, <laughs> and that that is not what this is. Yeah, and uh, he told me he said, "Man, I would have a hard time not thinking about this all the time if this was if this was potentially in my future." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, David, I, I probably think about this thing maybe once a month." Yeah. Just be, and and then it's even just because it's cool, and I don't have any expectations around it. I know what it could do. You think you that, but that's part of it. You you have an idea of what it could do. David actually can see, like I think he can actually see 
what exactly it could do, and maybe that's why he's like, dude, how are you not thinking about this? And yeah. us, I mean, maybe we've got a general idea, like, oh, this could expand our reach and in general, but in, spe- in specifics, we don't really know. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of me trying to maintain that straight line and also not count my chickens before they hatch because yeah. this thing could go nowhere. We might just put it out on YouTube one day and that's mm-hmm. all it ends up being. I mean, yeah, but... um. But that's, I mean, that's that's a perfect example of what I was getting at is, is more geared towards your feelings and how you can sustain a relentless pace Yeah, and not living in those highs and lows. You're right. You do have to operate differently. The lows should really drive innovation. You should be working your butt off, and it feels like work, and you're not really getting nowhere, and on the highs... You're going to be working your butt off, but you're going to be gaining ground, more, yeah. more ground than in the lows. So, really, it's just the um, the outcome of what you're doing, I think, is a little different. But if you can and not wallow or celebrate and have some sort of middle ground consistency, I think that helps you sustain that relentless long term. Yeah. So, that's the pattern of life. Uh, it, it, well, especially in our in our experience with business, that has been the pattern of life. And just wanted to encourage you guys, uh, if you experience that in your own business or your own fitness journey, or even in your faith, um, that is, that is the standard pattern. It's the, go read the old Testament. Look how many times civilization rose and fell, mm-hmm. rose and fell. The, the, the whole, that's what the old Testament is about. Yep. And I've seen so many people, you know, in terms of faith, it's undeniable. Uh, in terms of, of of business, I have seen over the last two years, I've only been on well, social media now, maybe three years now, um, and I have seen so many people that have had an idea that they're passionate about. They stand it up, right? And they, they, get, a, they get a little attention right at the release, but then when they go into that first dip, they disappear. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm talking about. About not this would be the opposite of being relentless. This would be relenting. Yeah. Um, and one of the things that helps me stay on that more sustainable trajectory uh, and maintain that relentless mindset is not paying attention to the numbers mm-hmm. all the time. Okay. I think you should reference. Numbers, uh, it just just as a reference to see where you are in that curve, right? But you cannot get wrapped around the axle on the numbers, the number of likes, the number of views, the the number of downloads, the number of whatever it is you have analytics mm-hmm. in whatever it is you're doing. I'm sure you cannot get wrapped around the axle on those things, man. Uh. You know, social media is something <clears throat> that I go back and forth with. And what I really have realized just within the last few days, maybe, I read something out of uh, Mere Christianity. I'll read to you guys here in just a second. What social media actually, for the most part, is, not completely, but for the most part, for most people on there, it is vanity. Mm-hmm. It is a a vanity fair. Yeah, is all it is. 
Now it can be used for for good things. Don't get me wrong. But for most people, for and especially most influencers, it has nothing to do with helping people. Yeah. All it is is vanity. And uh vanity is pretty closely related to pride. And I again I read this in Mere Christianity. Let me find where to start. I should have highlighted this. Um, I think that kind of relates to life in general. I mean, you go read uh, in Ecclesiastes, and that's what it starts out. Vanity, vanity, everything is vanity. And essentially talking about how things are vapors and what what is the true meaning. I mean, it's a little different, but it's it's relatable. Yeah, I love this, and C.S. Lewis goes into kind of the difference between pride and vanity here. You'd have to read. There's a whole chapter. Uh, the Great Sin is the name of the chapter, and it's all about pride being the great sin, and we think all these other things are mm-hmm. are more so as such as sexual immorality or uh, drunkenness or um, lust or whatever it may, but at, at the end of the day, C.S. Lewis identifies pride as the great sin, and I must agree with him. He says, the more you delight in yourself and the less you delight in praise, the worse you are becoming. And so there's there's the, the shift. The vanity is delighting in the praise, mm-hmm. right? But it, become, it becomes pride when you begin to delight in yourself. Trouble begins when you pass from thinking, I have pleased someone all is well to thinking what a fine person it must be to have done it or what a fine person i must be to have done it right so it's taking pleasure in yourself versus taking pleasure in the attention or the praise which is what i'm talking about in social media that's vanity um when you delight wholly in yourself you do not care about the praise at all you have reached the bottom that is why vanity though it is a sort of pride which shows most on the surface is really less bad in a more part and uh, a most uh, pardonable sort of pride the vain person wants praise applause admiration uh too much and is always angling for it does that not sound like a perfect yeah. description of social media it is a fault but a childlike and even, in an odd way, a humble fault. It shows that you are not yet completely contented with your own admiration. Yeah. I just thought it was it was such an accurate description of what mm-hmm. happens on social media. You value other people enough to want them to look at you. You are, in fact, still human. The real black diabolical pride comes when you look down on others so much that you do not care what they think of you. So, social media, man, the numbers, there is so much vanity mm-hmm. in in the numbers. Um, I don't know if you guys have noticed on, on my social media accounts, I've stopped responding to comments. Um, I've, I, it's, and... It's, it's hard not to pay attention to numbers on social media because that's all it's about. Yeah. Literally, the root of it, 
the way it's literally formatted and structured, that is what you see. Yeah. Because vanity is what it serves. Mm -hmm. The attention is is what's serving you. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's why people, that's why people post things. They don't, they don't post things because, in general, because they want to get a message out or they want to help somebody. They want to say, "Look at me." And usually, what you see of someone is just something that they feel like they are not, and they're trying to put it out there to tell you that they are. A lot of times, mm-hmm. when, when you see these good pictures and good posts that is what that person is actually not and they're putting it out there because they know they're not that but they want to be and they want you to think that they are and thinks that that is going to make them be that it's at least that's what i think well that's what he just said in that book it's you not being contented with who you really are yeah right yeah um i think it's good to be content in who you are again the pride comes into play according to c.s lewis when you are so content or are so proud of who you are that you no longer care about any any other input mm-hmm. right but uh yeah i've i've i mean i when i read that i had to really go into my own mind and think okay if you're gonna if i'm gonna be on social media without a doubt there's gonna be an aspect of vanity there it's just mm-hmm. the way it's just the way it is designed um but i had to go into my mind and say what is the what really what are my posts portraying like mm-hmm. am i putting out things genuinely to help others M- the messages that i write is it genuinely to help people yeah and i have to say 90 Plus percent of it is. Mm-hmm. I had to assess myself, and it's like it's like the post I made on relentlessness. I made that post uh, not for anybody. I I wrote that because I figured there was somebody out there that needed to hear that today. Mm-hmm. Become relentless because if you quit, you neither live nor win. Mm-hmm. And that was my intention behind it. I wish there was a I wish there was a way to put those messages out without having that aspect of vanity attached to it that you, is almost inescapable on social media. Um, well, that I mean I I don't know that you can turn the likes off, but I think there's some way to turn comments off to where yeah. people can't comment on your post. You know, but yeah, I don't know that that's worth it. But people always rag or you particularly me about you know, like my quarterly post, but I, I, in my notes on my phone, I have probably five or six things and I, I just, I will write whether it's poems or just short things, but I don't always post it just for that reason. Like a lot of the things I write are for me, but if I write something and I think I'd, sometimes I just get a feeling like, well, maybe this, this would help somebody. And those are the ones that I post, but it's not that I don't think or don't, don't write them or don't process things, but that helps me to write it. Mm-hmm. And if something sticks out, then I think, you know, this might be good for other people to hear. Then that's when I post it. And honestly, I could care less if no anybody likes it or not, or or comments on. It. I mean, it it does. You can't argue the fact that like you like it when people when something gets a lot of attention. It's the way it was designed. Yeah, 
And so that's how they keep people on there. Yeah, exactly. And that that's what gets you going and posting more. But I have the same thoughts as you. When I put it out, I try to say, I don't care if anyone likes this or not. I, I try not to post things. But the thought does come into your mind that I wonder if this is gonna gonna get um more attention or or more appreciation than the other and mm-hmm. I think, yeah, because of how it's designed, it's hard not to do things on it yeah. without that in your, well, in your mind. Well, I've had to weigh it in my own life and say, is is the value that this brings uh, to people, to uh, to the business, to the impact that we can have, to, to the, the, you know, w- without it, I mean, it's hard to... To, to reach out to people and tell mm-hmm. them like, hey, we, we've got this training going on. we got this race coming up. we got this video series out. Whatever it is, the resources that we're creating to help people, the social media is the conduit to get that word out. One of them. One of them, yeah, that's right. And and I, I had to weigh, I've had, I have to constantly weigh in my own mind, well, is the ability to use it in that way, does it outweigh the vanity aspect of it? And, mm-hmm. and it does. It does that now. That could get out of whack, but that would be on me, yeah, right. Which is why I stay on social media and why I don't recommend people getting off social media. I, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not a proponent of of quitting social media because if you can, if you can wield it properly, even if you're just consuming whatever is there, if you're using it as a resource to get information and not put out information. Mm-hmm. Right. If you wield it properly, yes, it has some wonderful benefits. You just have to constantly stay in check. And, you know, that's one of the reasons that I like the idea. I sent a, a email out yesterday on our um our what is that group email, email thing? List. Email list. We have a thing on our website. You can go sign up for the email list. And um Blake had the idea the other day. He said, you know, why don't you start sending out kind of some more in-depth content or writing on this email list. I mean, it goes out to like 4,000 people or something. Mm-hmm. And and it's a direct line of communication from us to you. And what I love what I love most about the idea of doing that is there's no vanity attached to it because you guys that open the email you can't like it. Yeah. I mean, a few of you will send the email back, but that's that's just maybe a dozen and I don't want you to send an email right. back. Yeah. Like when please I don't. when <laughs> I say, yeah, please don't. It clogs our inbox up. But I really love that because it's such a great way to to send a direct line of communication of a thought that maybe a piece of content, a thought, a lesson that I can share with you that I think might be helpful Mm -hmm. to you, and there's no vanity attached to it on my end. Mm -hmm. I really like that, man. Um, I don't know how you guys like it. Uh, If we send you an email, I hope you... I hope you realize we have only probably sent out three or four the whole time we've had that thing. So if you have signed up for our email list... Uh, and you see an email come through from us, know that it's it's not just some spam, spam or, or some advertisement. It's it's something that we're going to start, I think, implementing more often. 
uh, to, to be able to share the lessons and the things that we have to share with you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that we're not going to use social media anymore, but like I say, I just think it's a powerful tool that we have underutilized and, and, uh, hopefully it works. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's good. And, and with that, you don't have any you know, there's no, there's so many factors in social media and things you publish, like who knows how many it's going out to, who knows who's seeing it, uh, what things are just filtered out or whatever. But with that, like if you want it, you tell us you want it, you sign up and you get it. And so if you had a hundred thousand emails, a hundred thousand people are getting it. Yeah. If you got a hundred thousand followers, I mean, I don't know the math or the science behind their Instagram stuff, but you know, what I understand is not a hundred thousand people are seeing what you're posting unless you want to pay for that. And so, and, and you can put out whatever you want on the email list. Yeah. So, yeah, I like that. I, I definitely think we're going to use that as a, as a tool. Um, so if you're not signed up for the email list and, and you're interested in that, go to the website and does it just pop up and they can sign up for it? It's on, it does not a pop up, but you have to scroll down. It's on the, Home page. So when you open, it'll there'll be a box to put your email in, and it'll say sign up or whatever. Okay. The, so that's just that. th- three of seven project dot com right there on the home page. Yep. Well, that's all I had on my mind today. Oh, that's good. We got a call coming up, and then I got to go on somebody else's podcast. I think I'm being interviewed by fifteen year old female. Yeah, Caroline. Should be good. Yeah. She seemed like a cool person. She's yeah. fired up about her her show and everything. So she seemed to have some spunk to her at the airport when you met her. Oh yeah. Lively. Yeah. Know? Yeah. She'll be cool. All right, guys. Um hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, share it. We would mm-hmm. greatly appreciate that because we don't pay for any advertisements or anything like that. So uh, the only way the show grows is if you guys share it. Mm -hmm. And the only way the show keeps happening is if it continues to grow, no matter how slow. (laughs) I told you guys the curve, the growth curve on a podcast, but we do expect it to keep growing. And um, in all reality, Beyond just the growth of the show, really the only way the show keeps going is from our Patreon members. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they invest in the show, which affords us the time, which is our greatest resource, to put into producing the show, mm-hmm. if that makes sense to you guys. Yeah, and I'll, I want to say, too, real quick on that, is that there's a few different tiers on there, and... I know me, I could think like, man, five bucks a month is, because that's the smallest tier. But really, it is a huge, that's a huge deal to us, oh, even yeah. at $5 a month. And, and that may seem like a lot to you, it may seem like nothing. And But I could feel like, hey, they're doing fine, they don't need my five bucks. But it's a big deal, regardless of what tier you're on. So just Everybody. wanted to say thank you from that, from the bottom to the top, every one of you. Yeah, everybody that signs up to Patreon, it's just it it still just blows me away every day. Yeah, I've told the story before. I created that Patreon account just because I had heard of this thing called Patreon, never expecting that 
anyone would be so generous to help me and my team produce this podcast and we've probably got uh, we we got a, a ton of people mm-hmm. on there that that help support the show and um good gosh man if 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 we had if it if patreon keeps growing one day, the po- the more Patreon grows, the more the podcast grows yeah. in terms of content and time we can put into it. Yep. So uh, it's just really, really humbling, I guess it can say. I guess I could say whether it's $5, $10, or $20 a month mm-hmm. for you guys that support the show. And uh, we will do our best to keep uh, serving you uh, the best that we can. Love you guys. Enough said.